Alright, and welcome to the Dynasty Warzone. You are listening to episode number 95, which is the week 2 of the regular season, 2018. And this is the People's Dynasty and Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Memphis, at DFF Memphis, and with me, as always, is my tag team partner, my number one guy, Mr. Jerry Sinclair, at Jerry Sin DFF on Twitter. Jerry, what's going on, man? Randy, I am so excited to talk about week two of football so I can forget about week one of football. So, I was getting ready to ask you, you, uh, you attended a game this weekend. Why don't you tell the, the fine people what was going on with uh, you up there in the great state of Michigan? Well, if, if you can hear my voice right now, it's a little raspy, it's a little deeper, it's not as, as feminine as it usually is, because the first play of the Monday Night Football game was unreal. At one point, I was on standing on the row of seats in front of me while one of my friends was holding me while I was screaming at the top of my lungs, and that was the only bright side of that entire game. The rest was just a disaster. It was all downhill from there. So uh, I will tell you one of the highlights I took from the weekend. I've been on Sam Darnold since since about the draft time. Like I've said before, I don't watch a ton of college football. My personal schedule outside of you know doing the dynasty stuff and the pro stuff with fantasy football just doesn't really allow it until the season's over. But man, I really you know took to Sam Darnold, and I tell you what, big stage Monday night football, seven point underdog on the road. In a dome, the very first play of your career is a pick six the other way. And for him to come back and show poise, I'm sold. I was out in uh, two quarterback leagues and super flex leagues. I was making my bids today trying to get him before the price gets any higher. I know you're a Lions fan, but what do you think about Sam Darnold? Yeah, I mean, we did did our preview a couple weeks ago. I said I thought he was going to be the offensive MVP for rookies. So, and, you know, I saw a stat today, uh, which broke my heart, of course, because it was something about Sam Darnold, um, that the last person to throw a pick six in their first throw in the NFL was Jameis Winston. And the one before that was Brett Favre. So he's not in terrible company. It it wasn't so much that. It was how he reacted to it. I mean, that could have went south in a hurry. But for him to pick himself up, and I tell you what, I don't know what, Without looking, I'm mean, obviously I could go to the internets, but I don't know what Josh McCown is making as a backup quarterback slash quarterbacks coach. Coach, but it's not enough. That guy's over there; he's coaching that kid up every five minutes, like the youngest guy in what 50 years or something, to to start an NFL game. Just ridiculous how well he played. The uh, the biggest thing though is right out of halftime, we were down by seven, and by we I mean the Lions. And we came down, we scored immediately. It was Stafford's best drive. He went four for four. We went right down the field like it was nothing. They immediately marched right down the field, took a seven-point lead right back. That's the kind of stuff that you want to see. Just, you know, he got punched us right back. So, yeah, I mean, that that boy can play. And that boy, it's going to be fun to watch him play when he's not playing the Lions. Uh, And I said it before. I think I said it on the Aussie Guys podcast, but – I don't think that he has the ultra-high ceiling of a Lamar Jackson. If a Lamar Jackson hits to the, to the best of his skill set, he'll be scary good for fantasy. And I don't think he has the safe – I guess his floor is okay, but I don't think it's Baker safe. I think once Baker gets in there, he'll have a safe floor. But I think he has the best combination of both. And he is my absolute favorite rookie quarterback of this draft. But 
but before we get into some business time, we'll do a little uh, little housekeeping. Uh, Jerry and I don't do ranks, and we're kind of uh, we we fit right in the middle of the fantasy football fellas. Seth and Kyle drop on Monday, Tuesday, and then again on Thursday, Friday. So we land right in the middle on Wednesday. So if you're looking for rankings, you can go over to their website. It's thefantasyfootballfellas.com. Uh, but I did it all weekend long as much as I could between work and baseball and being a dad and being a husband. I answered as many start set questions as I could. I know Jerry did as well. So continue to tag those, tag us in those. We'd be more than happy to help you. Continue to tag us in your trades. We love it. That's Jerry Send DFF or DFF Memphis. We'd love to help you out there. But now, Jerry, let's talk about a little bit of business. Business. On this day right here, we gonna start taking care of business. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations too. Go to SquadQL.com to download SquadQL for free. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. All right, time for me to tell you about our sponsor, gtbets.eu. It is officially football season. So head over to gtbets.eu for a sign-up bonus of 100% cash up to $500 on the first deposit and 50% up to $500 on the second deposit. Now these bonuses are cash as opposed to free plays. There is also a favorite team points discount for two teams in the NFL, two teams in college football, two teams in the NBA, and two teams in college basketball for the entire regular season. That's a free half point on two teams in each of those leagues. There's also live betting on every NFL game. And be sure to subscribe to the DynastyFootballFactory.com newsletter, which drops every Thursday for other amazing promotions from GTBets.eu. Thank you for checking them out. Yeah, again, thank you so much to SquadQL and GTBets for sponsoring Jerry and I here at the Dynasty Warzone. And it's very, it's weird. It feels weird telling you to go take the money of our sponsor, gtbets.eu we're not going to get into that yet we're, we're going to we're going to kick it off with some news and jerry it wouldn't be week one of the nfl season without some injuries did any of your lineups get decimated i know none got decimated but you know it's because this first guy that we're going to talk about i've never been a huge fan of but I, i've definitely taken a, a few black eyes this week yeah i I did really well and i'm in 17 total leagues and i did really well in all of them but one but the one took a beating it had, you know, the first guy we're going to talk about, it got Delaney Walker. So for the most part, I came across unscathed, but in my one dynasty-based best ball league, I took a beating. But first guy we're going to talk about is Doug Baldwin, uh, partially torn MCL. The timetable seems to be two to four weeks. So the most recent news I could get prior to the recording of this show was that it sounds like he's going to miss this coming week's game and the week after and then it's kind of wait and see. So it, it's kind of fitting in that two to four week range. Uh, I have one share of Doug Baldwin that was in the aforementioned best ball dynasty league, but uh, 
who are you looking to pick up the slack with this team looking like it's going to be behind a lot and needing passing options? Are you a Brandon Marshall guy? Are you a Tyler Lockett guy? Where are you going with these Seattle pass catchers, Jerry? I'm not going to be confident in any of them, really. But, I mean, Brandon Marshall, he I mean, he scored, and Tyler Lockett got a little bit of love. But I'm, I don't think Doug Baldwin's going to be out that long. Like you said, two to four weeks. Uh, I did a little bit of research, and I saw that in 2015, Ben Roethlisberger suffered almost the same exact injury, and he missed four games. I mean, Ben is notorious for coming back early from injuries, but he also had some tougher matchups that I was looking at in that uh, 2015 season. Um, And according to David Chow, who's an orthopedic surgeon, he specializes in sports injuries. Uh, He can be found at ProFootballDoc on Twitter. Definitely a good follow. Um, He said that a typical grade tear scars in enough to play within two to four weeks, like you said. So apparently you are almost qualified to be an orthopedic surgeon, Randy. When I'm not doing Dynasty Fantasy Football podcasts, I am. And I I tell you who could use a good surgeon, maybe not orthopedic, is Delaney Walker and Greg Olson, two of the best. I would literally easy to say two of the top six tight ends in all of fantasy. And they're done. Uh, I know Greg Olson looks like he could return, like he's going to get the eight-week thing that he got last year, but Delaney Walker is done. I believe it's a dislocated ankle and a break. That does not sound good, and and these guys are not spring chickens. They're both well into their 30s. Greg Olson flirted with the broadcast booth, the job that Jason Witten now has on Monday Night Football. How nervous are you if you're sitting on shares of Greg Olson or Delaney Walker? You're so nervous. Uh, Like you said, I mean, Delaney Walker's 34 years old. He has a broken ankle with ligament damage. I, I mean, as solid as a fantasy tight end as he's been for the fast two, fast, yikes, past few years, it's John O. Smith's time to shine. you got to put your big boy pants on and get ready to be the marquee. You said put on your big boy pants. Well, gotta. He's got to. Well, what about so, Ian Thomas? Would you rather have John o. Smith or Ian Thomas? You know, I think that's a coin flip. Uh, I don't – I think that there is – Better passing options, but everyone knows I'm not a huge Devin Funches fan. So I might go that route and go Ian Thomas, another a fourth rounder out of Indiana. You know, Greg Olson gets a nice target share. So if he can sneak some of that, then he's going to be the guy that I want. And I'm actually going to talk about him a little bit later, too. Yeah. And before we jump on the next story, I think I'm more Johnu Smith. I think the competition for targets there in Tennessee is going to be much more wide open than it will be in Carolina. To your point, the aforementioned Devin Funches, my boy DJ Moore, obviously Christian McCaffrey, even CJ Anderson's a competent pass catcher out of the backfield. There's a lot of routes that Cam and that team can go. And if you watch that game, which I was forced to, I had a situation to where I couldn't be at home and have access to every game. I was forced to watch the Cowboys game here locally. And it was not a fun watch. I mean, it was football, so it was better than not watching football. But you could see where that offense could struggle at times. So, Except for Cam. Cam going to Cam. But speaking of quarterbacks, let's go to Buffalo. And speaking of ugly to watch, is it going to be Josh Allen time in Buffalo? I mean, I know they rolled out the corpse of Nathan Peterman. But holy Toledo, that guy is not good at football. Uh, Buffalo. You know, they're the, the one team that might be more embarrassing than the Detroit Lions getting straight mollywopped 
at home on Monday Night Football. Well, well, hold on a second. In fairness to Buffalo and Buffalo fans everywhere, they weren't a seven-point favorite at home. Hey, now. <laughs> I mean, they weren't embarrassed like we were. I mean, the Lions choked on applesauce. The Bills just aren't good. I mean, that that's a team without enough talent to win consistently. I mean, the good news is they'll probably have Nick Bosa or Ed Oliver from Houston in the first overall pick of the 2019 draft. You know, I mean, they, they tried the Nathan Peterman experiment, and he threw two interceptions, surprising exactly nobody. You know, we're going to keep going. I'm sorry. Okay. Jo- Josh Allen came in, you know, with deficit. And, he, I mean, he didn't exactly do anything either. I mean, he went 6 for 15, 74 yards. He's in an unenviable situation that happens to so many young QBs where you get drafted early and you get thrown into a terrible team in a terrible situation and you've got to be the guy immediately. It's just not a good recipe for success. So, I mean, hopefully we can see a flash of what he can do over the next couple games, maybe over the course of the season that we can build upon. But, you know, he he's a hold in Dynasty because I think he does have some talent. But if you are, you just you have to know it's going to be a struggle in 2018 and just don't overreact to what you're seeing now and just hope to see that flash. He's definitely going to need some development, and you're absolutely right. There is a, a major void of talent in Buffalo. The offensive line got worse. Shady's a year older. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin's not the, the greatest wideout. Zay Jones. Oh, my goodness. So I, I think he's a hold. I agree. I've got him in two super flex leagues safely stashed on my taxi squad exactly where I want I want this team to be active in free agency you know get him a get him a good wide receiver and and really build this team around him but let's let's go from the great north down to the south and talk about Leonard Fournette and those tender hamstrings man this is another lower body injury for Leonard Fournette and it's been an ankle it's been other things you know his head coach said that it was in a good spot I don't know if there's ever a good spot for a hamstring injury, but d- does this discontinue to feed the narrative that Leonard Fournette is a injury-prone running back? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been dealing with this since he was in Baton Rouge playing at LSU. Ankle injury. He missed a game last year for a quad bruise, and now he's got what Marone called a minor right hamstring injury. I mean, he's injured every part of his legs except his knee. Knock on wood, man. I mean, he was seen with a sleeve on his right leg in the locker room. He declined to talk to the media about it, which isn't a huge surprise. So, I mean, it doesn't look like it's super serious, but it's just another thing that you got to worry about. I mean, TJ Yeldon's going to be the guy. He's going to be one of the big waiver uh, wire ads this week. I'm not a huge fan of spending lots of your free agent money to pick up Yeldon, as I don't think Fournette's going to be out for a long time. Unless you are a Fournette owner, then, like I say, handcuff your stars. Uh, but uh, honestly, as a Leonard Fournette owner, I'm hoping the Jags do sit him this week to rest him up. All you need to do is look at Alshon Jeffrey over the last few years to see what pushing a hamstring in- injury can do to you in the long term. I, I think you said everything that needs to be said about this. It'll be tough for them to want to sit him because they are playing the Patriots. You want to set a tone for a team that was a playoff team last year. But T.J. Yeldon was a guy that I've been buying in Dynasty all offseason. 
He's going to be a free agent next year. I couldn't possibly see the Jacksonville Jaguars franchise tagging him. They gave Corey Grant a little bit of money in the offseason. Fournette will be going into year three. I, I just don't see that that being a good fit financially. And as of right now, again, I don't watch a lot of college tape, so someone out there will correct me. But I'm not totally in love with this upcoming you know, running back class that'll be eligible for the NFL draft next year. So I've been scooping up TJ Yeldon, Tevin Coleman's another guy that I've been scooping up because these guys are going to be free agents and what's not going to be, at least as of now, there's not a Saquon Barkley, a Christian McCaffrey, a Leonard Fournette in this upcoming 2019 NFL draft. So TJ Yeldon, if he is, happens to be available, maybe you're in a shallower league or you're a redraft player who happens to be listening to your favorite dynasty podcast, TJ Yeldon, definitely worth a stash. He he looked more than serviceable last week in in the uh, in the game. So let's move to New England and Jeremy Hill. Looked like he was going to have a maybe a bit of a resurgence there in New England. Tears an ACL. They brought in Kenyon Barner today. Uh, maybe Arlene's Darkwa. I think he's getting a try out there as well. Where are you at with this New England backfield? You drafted Sonny Michelle in the first round for a reason. I mean, if he's healthy, turn the man loose. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, Rex Burkhead and James White are going to get work anyway, so it's not like he's going to get a true workhorse load. You don't need him to. But I want to see something. You know, I mean, he didn't play in the preseason. He didn't play in week one. He missed out on the warm two. Guess who he's got to run into? He's going to run smacked in the face by the Jacksonville Jaguars dominating defense. And if he can do something against them, Randy, the hype train will be rolling. Downhill at, at, at quite a pace. And I, I will tell you this. Remember last year, it was it was Deion Lewis who got really hot in New England like the back third of the year. I think he was a top five running back, if I remember correctly. And so if you're sitting on Sony shells, there's another uh, Sony Michelle shares. Try saying that three times fast. But if uh, – if, if you can find an impatient Sony Michelle owner who, you know, hasn't seen him yet, didn't get to see him in the preseason, maybe you can throw him a, a, a trade. There's a guy that I, I made an offer on this morning. Now I got shot down, but I think Sony's really going to blossom. And, I, and he was my anywhere from two to three. I, I was always torn between him and Geis in, in rookie drafts at the two overall. So he's someone that I'm, I'm definitely on. But I want to talk about some quarterbacks. You know, Marcus Mariota left the game against Miami. I don't know which time because it was delayed like until 7.30 p.m. Uh, Aaron Rodgers took the shot to his knee. And then the funniest one of them all was like late Monday. Big Ben came out and said that he, he did something to his elbow. You know, I'd do something to my elbow too if I had that many turnovers in one game. Are you, are, are you a Mariota, Big Ben, or Rodgers owner? And how are you feeling going into week two? I'm surprised uh, Stafford didn't do anything to his elbow. But it, I mean, Vrabel said that he or he spoke optimistically about Mariota. I mean, who, who hurts their elbow on a handoff in Mariota's case? But I mean, it was a little bit of a cheap play. I mean, I, I think we just have to wait till the Friday injury report on all of these guys. Honestly, I feel like they're probably all going to play, but we need to keep our eyes out. Follow me at Jerryson DFF and Randy at DFF Memphis. We will certainly post about it. Um, but if it does end up being Blaine Gabbard or uh, Sean Kaiser, everybody in the offense gets goes down in the rankings. Uh, let's be real. 
Except, De- except Devontae Adams. He seems to be bulletproof because he did it last year with uh, with Hundley. But, yeah, well, he, I mean, he's the nickel and dimer of the group. But but you you uh, you you stole the the last thing I was going to mention. You mentioned Matt Stafford. Um, you know, I, I'm going to talk about him in a little bit later in a different segment of the show. But th- this is going to be the one swear word of the show. I tell you what, Matthew Stafford is one tough son of a bitch. That guy got knocked down, kicked in the knee, hand busted. I thought he broke his ribs. And, and that dude gets knocked down. He just gets back up. I'm not talking about football. I'm just talking about toughness. You know, he is old school, and it's, it's hard for me not to like Matthew Stafford. I know he, he pooped his pants last night. Did not look good at all. He but, but, but He did, man. I mean, right there on he national did. television. Oh, listen, I know he pooped and, his and, pants. And then stuck his hands in it and rubbed it all over himself. It was yeah. terrible, but I'm just talking about the pure toughness scale. Yeah, that, that, just that, to that's add a, a tough, bit to tough that, man. I mean, people in, in Michigan and Detroit, We've seen the video of when he separates his shirt, he breaks his collarbone against the the Browns in our first win after our own 16 year. If you've not seen that mic'd up video, go watch it because you will love Matthew Stafford if you haven't already seen it. And the the, the last little news story I had was you know Royce Freeman playing a very limited snap share against the the Seahawks and the the involvement of, of Philip Lindsay. Do you think that the people that drafted Royce Freeman high in their rookie drafts or maybe traded for him as his preseason hype built, that uh, you think they're a little nervous today? Yeah, yeah, they are. You know, I I saw this today, and I wrote out a giant piece on it. But we're going we're gonna to talk about it a little later, so I'm going to cut it short. But to sum it all up, Randy, your butt cheeks are so clinched up if you drafted Royce Freeman early in your dynasty draft. Because nobody saw the Philip Lindsay thing coming. If you did, you are lying. Because over the three weeks that he played in the preseason, he got a combined 13 carries. He got 15 carries on Sunday. So you are lying if you said otherwise. It's, you know, I mean, you thought you were getting a workhorse. And that's starting to look like it's going to be a hot hand sort of backfield that's going to give you proverbial headaches for your fantasy teams. Yeah, my man got 29 snaps, and that's 39% of their 74 total snaps ran. That That is a head-scratcher. You know, I thought he only had to beat out Devonta Booker there, or Devonte Booker, however he pronounces his name. My bad, Devonte, Mr. Booker. But I thought he was the guy to beat out. And then all of a sudden, I was like, who the hell is this Philip Lindsay guy? But listen, I, I don't want to continue to, you know, just talk about the news, because luckily, there's not a whole ton of news. Now, it would be very easy for Jerry and I to come on this podcast and thump our chests and talk about how great we were last weekend. And, Jerry, Jerry, I think it's fair to say you and I had a hell of a weekend. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, we did good. Yeah, man. I mean, we were 3-0 and in our picks against the spread. We said Baltimore was going to cover the 7. You said that the Rams were going to cover the 4 at Denver. And I took Miami at home plus a point against Tennessee, and we nailed that. And had you went to our sponsor at gtbets.eu and bet that, you would have got about 6 to 1 on your money. I, I ran it through as a $25 parlay, and it would have paid 150 bucks. And I'm, I'm not the big parlay guy. We'll, we'll, we'll kick it to that in a minute. You know, we, I, I did, you know, well, Jerry, not so much with Matt Breda. He did okay. Uh, I did okay with my, my call of Tyler Lockett. But, but Jerry and I are not here. You know, we could have walked in here, like I said, chest puffed out, 
ready to say you know how great we are but I, I want to talk about some of uh some of the things where we were right and wrong Jerry are you ready to get into uh to look back at it and uh, tell these people where you and I were right and wrong yes sir well, all right, man. I will kick this off. I will tell you where I was right to begin with. I get a big fat yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. I was uh, I was on Jordan Reed and Chris Thompson all off season, and I was on those two guys. A, hopefully they were healthy, but B, because I'm just going off the track record of Alex Smith, man. A leopard doesn't change his spots. Alex Smith has been the tight end one or two maker like six years in a row. And you can go all the way back to Vernon Davis. It didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that he was going to like Jordan Reed. And I got news for you. If Jordan Reed goes down, he's going to like Vernon Davis because Vernon Davis had a pretty nice snap share the other day. As far as Chris Thompson, Chris Thompson put up all those fantasy points the other day, and he did it on 33 snaps. That was 42% of the total offensive snaps there in Washington. You know, he had six catches. Uh, you know, for 63 yards, uh, I, I like what I saw. And if you've been jocking Crowder, that's fine. I like Crowder, too. I was the big proponent of Crowder in the 2017 offseason. But he really needs an injury to one of these two guys to see relevance. So, uh, Jerry, let's, uh, let's talk about one of those things where you were right this past weekend. Let's talk about handcuffing your superstars. James Conner. Uh, but it wasn't a surprise. Last week on the episode, I said that if Le'Veon Bell was out, James Conner was a top 15 running back, and I didn't think it was a hot take. What I didn't know is that it was a hot take because he finished as RB2, and I short-sold the man. I mean, now 31 carries, 36 total touchdowns, or touches, that was a surprise. <laughs> I mean, goodness gracious, they ran that boy ragged in his first game. <laughs> But, I mean, that's what the Steelers do. They did it with Connor. They do it with Le'Veon. They did it with D'Angelo Williams. They did it with Fast Willie Parker back in the day. I mean, as long as Le'Veon Bell is There's out, a name from the past, Fast yeah, Willie Parker. I, it, it, one of the best nicknames, too. But as long as Le'Veon Bell is out, James Connor is an RB1 just based on the, on the volume he's inevitably going to get. And the fact that Antonio Brown happens to plan that offense, so he will never – be what the off uh, what the defense worries about most. I, I think uh, I think that you nailed that call. That was uh, that was plum. And you know what? Thanks to you being on James Conner all off season and being nervous about Le'Veon Bell, I went out and picked up James Conner in every redraft league that I was in. And needless to say, I had a big week. But you know what? I bet you did. It's 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 not all about you know. It's all not all moonlight and canoes. Jerry and I aren't geniuses. We make a. Uh, we make mistakes just like everybody else, and, and one of the biggest ones I could uh, I could ever you know talk about is Mike Evans, as I am not a Mike Evans fan. I get a big fat. But uh, I'm not impressed by your performance. Yes, George St. Pierre is not impressed by my performance by saying that Mike Evans could struggle at New Orleans against Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, you know he had some rough outings against the Saints last year, but man, was he on fire! Seven for seven, no, you know, 100% catch rate, 147 yards, a touchdown. And I was a little bit, so I did a little digging, got out the shovel and did a little bit of digging. And I was like, well, he only got seven targets. He just, you know, had a good game. And I was like, no, because uh, Fitzmagic only threw 28 passes and he completed 21. So a third of his completions went to Mike Evans. His workload and snaps, you know, and, and target share is nice. He got a 28, 25% 
target share and he did quite well with him so i could not have been more wrong on mike evans jerry who were you wrong on this week i got two big ones and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna start it with the the first one because you were nice enough because you got this one 100 right and it was last week when we talked about my gt bets pick of the rams pummeling the raiders into a bloody pulp I said that the Raiders were going to have to air it out to stay in the game, and Amari Cooper was going to be the beneficiary of that. You stopped me. But, uh, I'm not impressed by your performance. And you were right, my friend. I was so damn wrong on that one. This dude caught one pass for nine yards. He had one rush for nine yards. You know, w- when you're little, you know, you, you learn that not touching the stove is a smart thing and it's wrong to do. On that take... Apparently, I never learned that because I went back to 79 AD, stood at the top of Mount Vesuvius outside of Pompeii. That's how bad it was. The Man, other one. You are educating us. You know, you're, you're bringing up Vesuvius. You're bringing up Pompeii. Not only are we talking about football, but Jerry's bringing a little bit of history and education to the war zone. Keep going. I am going to school to be a history professor. So I had to mix my two loves right in there. Uh, but the guy that I've been on and I've been pretty vocal on and he pooped the bed and make me look dumb. That was Derrick Henry. You know, I have been a pretty vocal advocate for Henry, not a huge fan of Deion Lewis. Henry got 10 carries for 26 yards. Deion Lewis got 16 but, carries uh, for 75 yards. And yeah, I was not happy with my performance either. He more than doubled him in touches. He tripled him in yards, quadrupled him, and he got a touchdown. So that was, as you said earlier, I pooped the bet on that one. Yeah, I I hate to say I told you so, and I'll get it. Amari Cooper was almost my overreaction theater for the week. We're going to get into that here in a little bit, but relax, guys. I said this last week, or maybe it was on Twitter, but look at the situation he was put in. No matter, he, you couldn't run from a really good defensive back. You couldn't run from Marcus Peters because if you ran from Marcus Peters, you ran right into Aqib Tlaib. This was not a good matchup. The only person who did really well in that game was Jordan Cooks. or I'm sorry, not Jordan, Jared Cooks, excuse me. The, t- the tight end, he had like 180-some-odd yards receiving. It was ridiculous. So we'll have to see if that trend continues. Uh, I get to go back to where I was right, and that was my man, Mr. Tyreek Hill. How about that stat line? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy, Tyreek Hill. Seven for 169 and two TDs. Then we can go back to the third preseason game where he caught that, what was it, like a 70-yard, 69-yard touchdown from Patrick Mahomes. He had a 91-yard punt return in this game. I believe it was Scott Barrett, you know, and we have not, we have yet to give you our great Twitter follow of the week. We've already dropped a couple of good names, and I'll drop Scott Barrett. Jerry mentioned Dr. Chow earlier, but Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes seem to have something special. Uh, Not too concerned about uh, Sammy. I'm not too concerned about Kelsey. I'm not too concerned about Hunt, but Tyreek Hill is the dude and if you're looking for a DFS stack, this is not my DFS darling, but I mean, I don't know how you you don't play Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. So that's where I was right. Jerry, give us another uh, instance from this past weekend where you were right. I got I got, I got, got two more. I'm going to hit you with a double real quick uh, because it's not guys that I, I necessarily love or hate, but it's guys that I, I was right on, and that's George Kittle. I've been talking about guys that you take later in your drafts. I mean, he was... He, he dropped the one that would have added another 40 yards, but we'll let that slide. He still went five for 90 yards. 
And honestly, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't look all that well. There was another one I was sort of right on. But the the pass catchers there are just – they're not awesome. I mean, Dante Pettis got two catches and a touchdown, but two catches, are you really going to rely on that kind of production every week? I mean, the next highest was Trent Taylor, who caught four. I mean, he only got 28 yards with that out of the slot. The other guy, actually the last piece I wrote for the uh, DFF redraft team, I wrote a piece on the four guys uh, I wanted to avoid in fantasy this year, and Alex Collins was one of them. Seven carries for 13 yards. You had a 30, 40-point lead or a 30, 40-point win. You had the game in control the whole time. You got seven carries. You took that guy in the third or the fourth round. Is I mean, he got in the end zone, so he sort of saved you. But if you can get out from under that boy, get out from under that boy. And, you know, and I'll talk about Alex Collins before I get to the next guy that I was completely stone-cold wrong about. And Alex Collins has his truthers. Uh, got into a little debate, and it was a good, healthy debate. I don't, you know, slap fight on Twitter. But I, I don't mind a good, you know, round of discussion. But uh, you know, he, he definitely has his truthers. And if people are bought into Alex Collins, you can still get out from under him if you want to. The last guy that gets me the, uh, the, the wrong of the week is a uh, Mr. Jordan Howard. But uh, I'm not impressed by your performance. Man, I was stone cold wrong on this guy. I, I said this guy, you know, looked like he was playing the receiving game with oven mitts on. And, you know, he was five for five on five targets. And it wasn't. Randy, he, looked, he looked good, too, Randy. He, 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 really, he really did. And, yeah, it wasn't the fact that he had five catches. That, that's one thing. But it was how and how he was implemented in the passing game and how they're using him. Uh, you know, five, five for five or five receptions and 25 yards, that's good for 7.5 points in PPR. And that will really buoy some weeks where maybe the rushing total is not there. I used to dislike Jordan Howard for the the same reason that I you know disliked Derrick Henry is that he wasn't involved in the passing game. Well, Derrick Henry needs to get on that Jordan Howard program and catch 200 balls a day on the jugs machine apparently because it paid big dividends for him. And I'll give you my last one where I was right, and it was one that I didn't think I was going to be. I kind of let some of the naysayers. You know, bring me down after a rough preseason. That's my boy Naheem Hines of my Indianapolis Colts. You know, he did exactly what I thought he was going to do. He went out there and he was heavily involved in the passing game. He had nine of Andrew Luck's 53 pass attempts. He caught seven of them. Now, it was only for 33 yards. And he chipped in with another, uh, I think it was 24 yards rushing on five rushes. But that's perfect. He finished with 12.4 fantasy points. That's exactly who I thought he was going to be. If he ever trips and falls in the end zone on a reception or maybe a rush, I love it. I know Marlon Back will be back soon. I think that impacts more of Seawoke and Marlon Mack. But I, I, I feel, I don't want to say vindicated because no one ever told me I was a knucklehead. But I had a lot of faith in this guy. I've got a lot of shares of this guy. And don't get me wrong, I don't ever think that he's going to be you know, Zeke or David Johnson, but man, could, could he be, I called him this in the offseason, the Walmart version of Christian McCaffrey. Can he be that guy that's heavily involved in the passing game and, you know, gets mixed into the running game and be a real PPR asset? Jerry, anything on my Jordan Howard or uh, or Naheem Hines' rights and wrongs? 
No, I I love Jordan Howard. It's gonna suck when the Lions have to go to Chicago and play him, but I just love watching that guy. I've loved watching that guy since he was at Indiana. Yeah, I'm like I said, I, I I could not have been more wrong on Jordan Howard and Mike Evans. But hey, you know, again, Jerry and I are not gonna sit here and tell you about all the good stuff we do. We we, we do remind, you know, people of that on Twitter, and that's really to remind people that Jerry and I are doing our damn best to put out a good quality product, but we're also humble. You know, we could have, you know, come in here and talked about all the good stuff that we did because, again, we had a good weekend, but Jerry and I spoke. We said, nope, we're not not about that life. We're going to put on the hard hat. We're going to get back to work, and we're going to continue to, you know, work hard and not rest. So, Jerry, you ready to go to the theater? You ready to wake up uh, Lord Bigglesworth? Yeah, buddy. Oh, yeah. And welcome to Overreaction Theater where everything you observed deserves immediate reaction. Man, how much scotch do you think Lord Bigglesworth had today? Yeah, too much. I love Lord Bigglesworth, though. Don't you talk down on him. Any, any guess less than all of the scotch is probably the wrong answer. Well, I'll kick this one off. And, and it's funny, you know, you being the big Lions fan, my overreaction guy is that you just need to slow your roll on is Matthew Stafford. I get it. He went out there, Monday night football, 7 o'clock in the east, 4 o'clock in the west. And ironically, he decided to throw one interception for every hour that the game started in the west. Four four in the west, four interceptions. He's had games like this before. And I I think what's going undervalued is how well that Jets defense played. Now, that's not all of it because Stafford looked all sorts of out of sorts. But that Jets defense has got playmakers at all three levels. I mean... Leonard, uh, is it Leonard Wilkerson, the, the big d- defensive tackle, uh, Darren Lee, Avery Williamson, Jamal Adams, the safety. I mean, I don't want to go all IDP bonus on you, but I, I thought a good part of that had to do with the Jets' D, and they looked really solid. So I'm not overreacting to what I saw with Matthew Stafford. Who, who are you not overreacting on, Jerry? Even if I hadn't lost my voice, it's a little sneak preview. I actually did not have a voice when I was in school today. I've been drinking tea with honey all day to try to recover it. But even even if I was at full voice capacity, this would sound terrible, but I'm still going to do it to you even with this. But that's, do you believe in magic? Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic, 21 for 28, 417 yards, four touchdowns. This is the same guy that once beat out Nathan Peterman and threw six interceptions in a game. In that same season, that was the same year that he was actually a full-time starter. He never threw three touchdowns in a game. He only threw two touchdowns in a game three times that year. He played every game. I mean, sometimes everything just works out for you. I mean, you know, how many times a year does Deshaun Jackson just explode? Like, twice. Well, week one, he went for 146 yards, two touchdowns. When that happens, you know everything is coming up Fitzpatrick. So that's that's my overreaction. If I was Lord Bigglesworth, I would tell you not to trust Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, L- Lord Bigglesworth's got that interesting accent, but I-, I agree. And I tell you what, he is running into the Philadelphia Eagles this week. I know he's at home, but I tell you what, that's a team that's got 10 days rest coming off of a pretty nice victory over the uh, – the division rival of those Buccaneers, the Atlanta Falcons. 
but I, I, I feel like you're uh, you're pressing your luck. That old that, that old TV game show, press your luck, no whammies. I think if you you continue to try to try to ride the hot hand of Ryan Fitzmagic, you uh you could get a whammy this coming weekend. So I agree with you. Tread lightly. But remember, I also had Amari Cooper. Don't worry about it. He was uh, he was my bonus over Reaction Theater guy. So let's go to the bargain bin, uh, formerly the the waiver wire metal detector. But Jerry, who's a guy out there in the bargain bin that even in dynasty leagues, because we're a dynasty based show, where a guy could kick over some rocks and spend a little bit of that free agent acquisition budget and maybe find a nice little roster stash. See, I, I'm going to do two guys because they're they're very similar. They play the same position, and they're in a very similar situation. Uh, that's Ian Thomas, who we talked about earlier, and then Will Disley, fellow fourth-round rookie tight end uh, for the Seahawks. You know, we we talked about Nick Vanette last week, maybe taking that role, Jimmy Graham, and he was going to, you know, be the guy. And uh, Will Disley went out 105 yards in a score. And Doug Baldwin's going to miss some time. Disley's target share could increase even more in the coming weeks. So, yeah, those those are the two guys that, you know, it definitely on your dynasty teams. I'm not so much on redraft that I would definitely like to see at the bottom of my roster. Who know with tight ends like that too? You know, you never know. Tight ends can come out of nowhere like it's nothing. So those are two guys that I'm definitely keeping my eye on, throwing them in my roster, hoping I can see something happen. I definitely like the Will Disley call, especially in the short term. There's still thought that Ed Dixon will come back and take that role, but I did a little digging on on some numbers from that game as well. And Will, his nickname's Uncle Will, by the way, which is fantastic. So that's what I'm going to call him. Uncle Will. I'm just going to call him Uncle Will. Uncle Will had 58% of the snaps to Nick Vanette's 61, and both guys played 12 special team snaps. So I, I dig it. You know, this is Dynasty. We're always looking for that diamond in the rough, especially because like, I don't know how many you're in, but, you know, I know Scott Fishbowl's got a tight end premium. I'm in a tight end premium league where you have to start to. Uh, Uncle Will is definitely on my uh, to try and pick up on waivers tomorrow. So I, I like that. That That's a great bargain. I'm also going to give you give you two. And I'm going to go Bruce Ellington and Philip Dorsett. Both these guys are, I did a little research today, they're available in about half of the dynasty leagues that I'm in. You know, Bruce Ellington was on the field for 88% of Houston snaps in week one. And I know that has a large part to do with Will uh, Fuller being out with his hamstring. But talk about a guy, we talked about Leonard Fournette earlier, who always seems like he's nicked up. Man, that's, that's everything but Will Fuller's name. Extremely talented, had a hell of a run last year in a very short sample size with Deshaun Watson. But, you know, Bruce Ellington's the kind of guy that you can stash deep down on your dynasty roster. I don't think he's quite ready for your redraft roster, but you can definitely stash this guy down, and uh, he's looking good. And then the other guy is a former Colt, and that's Philip Dorsett. Man, did, did he look like he and Brady had, you know, something going on. He, he played 57 snaps, or was basically 80% of New England's offensive snaps, which was the second most of any wide receiver not named Chris Hogan. He played more than Patterson. He, he you know, Gronk played all but one snap, which is just a good note on Gronk in general. It talks about his health and what they're going to do with him this year. But, man, I, I think he's in for some tough sledding. So they're going to play Jacksonville. Jacksonville's got a really good secondary with A.J. Bouye and Jalen Ramsey. 
But if, if either one of these guys happen to be on the waiver wire in your dynasty league, scoop them up. I think Ellington, again, is a, is a play based on whether or not Fuller's active. And Dorsett's going to kind of be similar when Julian Edelman gets back. But, man, it sure looked good with Tom Brady. So anything to add on my two guys since I added about Uncle Will? No, but I'm calling him Uncle Will from now on. Uncle Will, he's like from Montana or something. Yeah, he is. I actually, he was the Gatorade Player of the Year in Montana. Uh, no, good. He's he's the he's the first best football player of the seventeen from the great state of Montana. God bless him. So, uh, did, did they even play eleven on eleven? You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think they play both ways. I think I think they play that Iron Man football. How do you have a state rival in Montana? I drove through that state this summer twice, and I tell you what, that's a big state. What was that? Thirty-four hours to drive across Montana. Montana was like a third of the thirty-four hours, but yeah, it was a it was a haul. That's a big state, man. But listen. Let's kick it over to DFS. This is something new we're doing this year. Jerry and I like to drop you that that little uh, that little cheap play to allow you to pay up. You know, had you taken Tyler Lockett last week, you could have paid up, and, and maybe you could have afforded Michael Thomas. Or if you'd taken you know Beretta as Jerry's suggestion, you could have afforded maybe uh, an Alvin Kamara. So I mean, th- that's why we're doing this. We're just you know looking at DFS, looking at some cheap plays. And I'm going right back to the Naheem Hines well. And he is currently going for about 5500 on FanDuel and 4100 on DraftKings. It's a PPR world, man. And, and listen, it, it's not going to be the most beautiful football, but I just saw how good Washington played on the road in Arizona. And I saw the number of catches that David Johnson and uh, Chase Edmonds had combined. I believe it was 9 or 10 between the two of them. And I just see this again being that third down, Andrew Luck. And, you know, he's been on, don't say Dinkin and Duncan, because my man had a 74% completion rate on Sunday. But I just see Naheem Hines continuing to get fed in that PPR world. So if you're looking for a, a real dirt cheap flex or a, you know, a third, or it depends on what format you're playing or what tournament or what have you, uh, I like Naheem Hines as a dirt cheap option. Jerry, where are you going? You know, I got I to gotta recover from the Breda, and I think I got it with this one. Now, I'm not classy enough to know any Kenny G songs. Otherwise, I would hum them to you right now. But my guy's Kenny Galladay, the, the lone bright spot of the Monday night game. Seven catches, 114 yards. He was everywhere. And, you know, we you all saw what the Lions defense looks like. I You don't want to know what sports talk radio and what the message boards look like here in Detroit. I will let you know they are down on them. And if they're down and they're giving up points, they're going to have to pass. And Kenny Galladay is never getting your top corner. He's probably not getting your second guy with Golden Tate and Marvin Jones. So he's always getting stuck with a safety that he is much bigger than. and He can make big plays. I like Kenny Galladay. He's cheap, too. 5700 on FanDuel, 4800 on DraftKings. Kenny G, don't let me down like y'all did last week. Let me make up for the Matt Breda call of week one. Kenny G was the one was one of two lines. I thought Carryon Johnson and his limited role looked pretty pretty solid as well. But I think well, this, if, if I talk about Carryon Johnson, I'm going to talk about the offensive coordinator, and I'm then it'll be a rant. So I'm gonna, you can have this one back. All right. Well, I, I will say th- this may be the last time you get Kenny G this cheap. Coming off what was it seven receptions for 114 yards? Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay, so so he's coming off a game that good, and you can still get him for sub five grand on DraftKings. 
that's a really good price. So so look for Naheem Hines or Kenny Galladay as a way to maybe because because building a DFS lineups like you know putting together a puzzle and you, you want to have the, you know the big pieces you want to have the David Johnsons the Alvin Kamara's the Michael Thomases DeAndre Hopkins etc. You want to be able to afford you know a Gronk something like that. So maybe if you throw in you know some of these you know more cheap options, you, you don't know how long before these guys you know price will go up. So Jerry, you ready to give away some money? Yeah, buddy. That, 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 I, I've already burned up the yeah, buddy drop. But, yeah, I mean, th- this is one that, that, you know, I'm not a big parlay guy. Now, I call this segment the parlay of the day because it rhymes and it, it feels catchy for a, a radio-type show. But I'm more betting these things straight up because, if you know, if you go back and look at the, I think it's called the, the, the Westgate Las Vegas Superbook or something like that, where these, these guys and ladies bet five games a week and at the end of it, you, the, someone gets, you know, named the handicapper of the year or whatever. And, and the guy who won it last year was right at 60%. And that's the whole goal of gambling on sports in general is that, you know, if Jerry and I give you three picks and we hit on two out of three every week, we're doing well and you're making money. It's, it's, it's not a hard concept. Yeah, the, the three-team parlay paid nice. But if you, if you bet them straight up too, that works just as well. That's more of the grinder philosophy where you can make a little as opposed to the parlays. But just to recap again, last week we gave you Baltimore minus seven at home against the Buffalo Bills. We gave you the Dolphins plus one at home against the Titans. And we gave you the Rams on the road giving up for the Raiders. And, and that was a clean sweep. So that felt pretty good, Jerry. Yeah, I loved it. Yes. Loved it. I, I kept looking at the scores because I did not want to be wrong because I have no desire to rock that ugly Jeff Fisher mustache. Yeah, so so I know a lot of shows do, like uh, like our buddy Seth and Kyle, they do their wager wall, and other shows do things similar. This is one where Jerry just kind of brought this up, you know, in a spontaneous fashion, that the one of us that has the worst record on these GT bets, bets of the week, has to shave off their beard. Jerry and I both have beards. And you have to rock a mustache. And we have to do a rookie draft next year on video that we'll share bits and pieces of on Twitter and other social medias of us rocking a mustache, like like a, like cop mustache. Does that sound right, Jerry? Yeah, it sounds awful, too. If I lose, I will be really excited. And I will feel bad for your wife if you have to rock it. Yeah, man, because I've already got like that Jason Statham hairdo thing rocking. So without my beard, I don't have a whole lot going on. So just be like a, a, a hairless face with a with a caterpillar on my upper lip. So dear God, I got to keep giving these right. The one, the one, the one that I will continue to throw out there is what I'm going to consider a free play until I'm proven wrong. And that's uh, I'm just throwing this out there. This is not my official pick. This is a bonus, but I'm throwing out the L.A. Chargers giving up seven on the road at Buffalo. We saw how futile the Buffalo offense looked the other day, and I just don't – I mean, I'm, I'm going to bet against them. I'm in a, I did the uh, FanDuel survivor thing, and I'm going to keep pick, picking against Buffalo until I run out of teams. I don't know that they'll go 0-16 Cleveland Brown style. I'm sur- sure at some point they may get me. But I'm I'm gonna take uh, take every shot against Buffalo I can. But my official pick of the week is I'm going right back to to the to the Dolphins. But this time I'm going against them. Last week it was fins up. I took the the fins plus that one point against the Titans. But this week they're going into a a hostile territory. They're going to New York. They're gonna face the red hot rookie Sam Darnold. They're gonna face that defense 
we saw that Ryan Tannehill, God bless him, still has a propensity to turn the ball over. And the Jets are only giving up one. The home field advantage is typically worth about a field goal. That tells me that the book says that Miami's a better team by a couple of points. Or So I'll gladly take and give up one point at, with the Jets at home against the Dolphins. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Jerry, where are you going this week with your bet of the week? I am not going to make friends with this one because I know we got a, a lot of fans of the Cowboys in this community, but I'm going Giants plus three against them. And like you say, home field advantage is worth a field goal. They think it's a toss-up. Dallas is at home. But anyone that watched the Cowboys know that was a boring game. I mean, you scored eight points, and that was until the fourth quarter. And, you know, for all the struggles of the Giants last year, Saquon Barkley came out 106 yards and a touchdown. OBJ came out 11 catches, 111 yards. Zeke came out 15 carries, 70 yards. You know, I mean, Alan Hearns had one catch. Michael Gallup had one catch. Dak threw for 170 yards. I mean, that's just, that's not the same team it's been. And, you know, it's a, a rivalry game, so it'll be close. But I really think the Giants are going to pull that one out. I, I, I like that pick because the the Jacksonville offense is not a world beater. But that Giants defense held the Jacksonville offense to 13 points because Eli had a pick six. Miles Jack returned one for a touchdown. So I, I don't think that is the uh, the wrong call. It was actually it was my secondary choice. Uh, I don't like giving up a ton of points. Uh, but if the New York Giants happen to be one of your favorite teams at gtbets.eu, you could actually get a free half point, move it to three and a half, because regardless of who wins that Giants-Dallas game, I think it's going to be settled by a field goal or less. So if you're getting the Giants plus you know, three and a half, man, if the Giants are one of your two favorite teams at gtbets.eu, it could be, a, could be another nice weekend. So those, those are our three games. Quick recap. We're taking the Chargers, minus seven, at Buffalo. We are taking the Jets, plus one. Excuse me, I had that backwards. I'm getting one. I'm not giving one. I'm getting one. I'm, I'm getting the Jets, plus one, excuse me, uh, against the Dolphins at home. And I'm, we're taking the, the Giants at the Cowboys, plus three. And you'll get to watch that in prime time. So head over to GT Bets. Remember to use the promo code WARZONE. That's for that dollar-for-dollar match. That was the commercial that we ran in the front of the show. So check that out. But, uh, yeah, we're, it's, it's odd. We're telling you to go, to go take our sponsor's money. So, listen, Jerry, what else do you have for these fine people before we turn them loose for the week? You know, nothing. Uh, I promise I won't scream like a maniac next time, so I'll actually be able to talk like a normal person with you, Andy. Well, you know, it didn't hurt your singing voice. You gave us a little bit of singing. I mean, it was awful to begin with. This actually might have made it a little better. Well, talking football with, with, with friends always always makes things better. Uh, if you can't get enough Memphis in your life, I am going to be hosting this week the Goat District podcast uh, by myself. It's, it's a very special one. Uh, trying to cook up a bonus episode for you guys of the Dynasty War Zone. Uh, but yeah, look for me. I'm also going to be on the Aussie Guys podcast. I'm recording with them later in the week. That's my boys AJ and G at Aussie Guys NFL on Twitter. These guys are awesome. Uh, they're like a 14-hour time zone difference, but we find a way to make it work. So 
that's what's going on. I, I hope you're liking the new format. Please feel free to hit me and Jerry up with some feedback. We hope you love it. We hope you're making money with us. And Jerry, if you don't have anything else, man, let's uh, let's let's bring this one home. All right, later. Later, guys. Have a good week. We will see you for week number three.